All right, what's up? What up? We're or back. I guess I sh- today we should say howdy. <laughs> yeah, howdy, partner. We're uh, we're back today. The dudes. Um, welcome back to dudes doing westerns. Dudes riding cowboys. Dudes doing the frontier. <laughs> God, uh, you watch anything? Yeah, I watched three ten to Yuma, cousin. Um, all right, all right. No, nah, before right. we get into that, um, yeah, we're here. We're here doing three ten to Yuma today. Three ten to Yuma. Humor, uh, epic flick, old school. This could have came out in 1973. Well, it's a remake of an old flick. Yeah, it's better than the remake. You mean or the it's better than the original? Yeah, I I've would never seen the original. I'm just. Um, <laughs> I have. This is be- the original's great, but uh, yeah, this is um, this is the one. This this movie is one of my favorite movies. This is like an all timer for me. Um, but we'll get into all that. Um, what'd you watch, brother? Well. We're going to talk about something else real quick. Uh-oh. Something involving uh, David Fincher. Oh, yeah. The homie. We went together and saw The Killer. He is maybe one of the most consistent directors. The only bad movie he has is Alien 3. That movie sucks ass, cuz. Alien that's Cubed. Only, that's the only bad one. Think about it. Seven, Fight Club, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Gold the Dragon Tattoo. I've never seen Seven. We'll get there. We should do it soon. We're we're getting there. That's a that's cinema. Yeah. Um I know it's like a great flick. It's on my watch list. I was the other day I was looking through after we saw the killer and I was just like you know like uh, hasn't Fincher done that many good movies? And then I was doing the rundown and I was like, "Holy fuck. This man is a genius." Uh Fight Club, incredible. Gone Girl is awesome. That is a great adaptation of the book. Seven, Social Network, Zodiac? I can't, you know, I'm going to be honest, there are so many of these movies that I've never seen. Movies that you're listing right now, I've just never seen. Zodiac is incredible. Is it a horror movie? No. It's a thriller. I don't believe you. Yeah, it's a thriller. He doesn't do horror movies. Prove it. Uh, it's about them trying to solve the case of the Zodiac. Sounds, sounds like horror. Next. Pass. Jake Gyllenhaal? RDJ? Oh, that's pretty cool. It's not a horror movie. Um, <clears throat> Social Network is a horror movie. Facebook is a horror movie. Exactly. Uh, Incredible movie, though. Um, they're doing a sequel. What? what? <laughs> is that true? Yeah, they're doing Social Network, too. For what? What could that be about? Twitter? Who's to say, man? TikTok? <laughs> Good God, man. Uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is awesome. Never seen. Mank? Haven't seen it. Never seen. It's probably awesome. Uh, Panic Room, very dope. You're just saying things. that's a, definitely a horror movie. No, it's not. Pass. Thr- he he does thrillers. He doesn't do horror movies. Literally nothing he does is horror movies besides Alien Three. And a- I mean Alien Alien Cubed. If if he got to do Please. Alien the th- Alien Three, some respect. Alien Cubed. If he got to do Alien Cubed the way that he wanted to, it would have been just as good as Aliens. All right. Did, have you ever seen the original script this, for what he this, wanted? This is a this is a conversation for another day. But have you ever seen? Or heard about the script, what he originally wanted, and then the studio. Listen, brother, I watched YouTube video essays. All right. Oh my bad. I didn't realize we were like that here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the killer was fucking awesome, dude. One of the best movies I've seen in theaters this year. It was. It's in the front runner for my movie of the year. I was when this got announced like a year ago. I didn't know anything about it, and I was immediately excited. Then seeing the trailer, I was like, "Holy fuck! This is gonna be the best movie he's done in a long time." And Thank God I was not let down because I went in with ultra high expectations. Yeah. Because there's like a certain level of, there's an expectation with Fincher, I think. And like, yeah, I guess people would call him overrated or very one note. But I think like, he's got a crazy batting average. And this is a movie that reflects that. Yeah, I mean, if you think, so you think about guys like Ridley Scott and you think about guys like, his batting average is all over the place. Yeah, that's a, like that's the thing. Like, I kind of almost feel like I would rather I give more respect to a director that's like consistent as opposed to someone who like. But I mean, maybe not though, because I mean, it, depending on context, you could then say that maybe they're not taking any risks. Maybe they're just you know playing. I think it this safe. is a, a risky movie. Yeah, for sure. Could have gone. I'm not saying in the ways. case of this guy. I'm just saying I don't want to apply that as a, a hard and fast rule always. Oh yeah, I mean. The risk with this movie is that it's a adaptation of a comic that is well beloved. 
I've never read the comic. I don't I know anything about it. I was looking into it at work this week, and I was like, damn, this looks fucking sick. Yeah. And uh, I, as someone who doesn't really know anything about the comic, I was uh, so, so happy this movie was incredible. Uh, the pacing is unbelievable in this movie. I thought it was going to be a slow burn the whole way through, and that is not the case at all. Once it picks up, it fucking... You're flying by the by your belt, man. Yeah, you're well, fucking going. Let's not spoil anything. It's it's too new. I don't even think it's out on Netflix yet. It's it'll be out this week. Oh, by the time this movie, yeah, comes, I think it comes by the out time the this, yeah. So by the time this comes out, it'll be it'll have yeah. been out for like a week. Also, if, the new Yakuza game comes out on the eighth, and I will be copying that. There you go, expeditiously. That's your shit. That I is know, my that's shit. Your shit. Um, you watch anything else? No, I was like. Unbelievably excited for the killer. Yeah. Maybe the the most excited for a movie I had been besides Killers of the Flower Moon in a very long time. I mean, I liked the killer more than Killers of the Flower Moon. It was just like it's a different kind of movie. Yeah, it was just more know? my my speed, I think. Um it was Michael Fassbender should get nominated for an Oscar. That for this. Are, they, he was up there cooking, brother. My God, he was incredible yeah, in this movie. He was cooking. Um it was weird though, because like so this this movie was produced by Netflix. It wasn't produced by some big. This is the best Netflix movie ever. Movie production company. This is the best thing they have ever done. They have ever given money to. But it's just interesting because as we were watching the preview, well, dude. So Killers of the Flower Moon was the same thing. It was Apple TV, yeah. wasn't it? It's such a weird thing. Like, I feel like we're gonna see so much more of just like these movies being developed by these streaming services for original content. And they just get like a limited theatrical. Because we couldn't go see it. It wasn't playing at like AMC or Cinemark or any like no, regular we to to theaters. The we had to go to the Ritz. Which luckily for us, the Ritz is like walking distance from my house. So. Yeah, it's like a 10-15 minute drive from my apartment. So totally dope. Yeah, it's weird. And then as we're watching it, me and Julia were noticing that a lot of the previews that they were showing. It was all originals for Netflix, Netflix or Netflix originals TV. or Apple TV originals. And it's like crazy. Like that's just like what it's becoming now. I don't really like that. I don't like the limited theatrical run. I don't necessarily either. Because, you know what? If I watched this movie on Netflix, I don't think I would have liked it as much as I saw it in theaters. Because I probably would have been on my phone for a good chunk of it. Yeah, true. I Dude, another one, another great Netflix movie that came out this year that I wish I saw in theaters. They played it at the Ritz, and I just didn't know because it was only playing for like a week, was uh, They Cloned Tyrone. It, like I said a couple episodes ago, that should have been... Full theatrical run. They put it out at the worst possible time between Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yeah. How could you put out a movie to even compete with those? Literally impossible. Yeah, crazy. And uh, it, it's it's sort of disrespectful that this is not getting a full theatrical run. Yeah. This deserves to be playing in theaters for like a month or two. Yeah. I would, I would go see it again in theaters. That's if, how much I liked it. I will say this. It sucks that this is... We're recording this to go behind the, the wall... We're recording this on Sunday, November 5th. Um, this won't be out for like two weeks. Um, or like a week and a half. And I know it comes out on Netflix on November 8th. If you have the opportunity to go see this in theater still, I don't know when it's so, how long it's playing for or where. <coughs> I would highly recommend you go see this in theaters as opposed to just accepting seeing it on Netflix. If you can only see it on Netflix, I would still highly recommend you see it. Yeah, absolutely. But I thought that this was coming out the week of its release in theaters. Because like sometimes, you know, things coincide. And that was not the case with this. And I was looking this upcoming week to see if there's any showings. And they're really it's starting like to just go away now. Which is so fucking stupid. Thank God for Mr. Fassbender and Mr. Fincher. Holy shit. The fellas. Michael um, Fassbender extremely underrated actor. He is incredible. Yeah. He he even was in, up there cooking, brother. Even in Alien Covenant, he is the best part All of right. Covenant. Take take it let's let's not get crazy. He's the best part of Covenant. It's like it's like being served a turd for dinner with sprinkles on it. With sprinkles on it and just being like the sprinkles are the best part of the turd. Yeah, you can say that. I guess, but still. He's the best part of Prometheus. I like the uh, the the milky fella. The big buff guy who looks like he's made out of ice cream. I like that guy. That's my favorite part of Prometheus. The engineer. Yeah. No, he's dope. The guy who looks Handsome like... Squidward. He looks like milk, bro. Handsome Squidward. Um, but yeah, the killer. Dope flick. 
Go see Incredible. it. Uh, no spoilers, but first third of the movie, if it doesn't grab you, just let it ride. Yeah, let it ride. Also, uh, plays an autistic ass assassin. He that that fella he cannot is believe the so Smiths. autistic. He cannot believe the Smiths. It's crazy. Uh, I'm with him. Soundtrack was awesome. <laughs> um, you watch anything else? Uh, no. I just been playing. Uh, Playing Spider Man, yeah, I have one hundred percent of it. Yeah, I'm. I like it, but I don't love it. I'm still. There's too Wait many. Till the uh, end. There's too many. Uh, ride a bicycle as Peter Parker. Press triangle to pet the pet the animal vibes. <laughs> it's like I don't want this out of. Did fucking... you do the the mission where you break into the dinner party? Yeah, that mission's awesome. No, that mission was awesome. Press triangle to pet the tiger. Who cares, bro? That's cool. No, it's stupid. I want to. I want to swing around and I want to fight Doc Ock. I don't want to fucking. Just wait. I'm telling you, it there there was three things that happened at the end of the game that blew my mind. Whatever. I'm gonna play it more when we're done. Um, and then uh, I've been playing Super Mario Wonder, dope flick, dope. I mean, a uh, dope game. Amazing I wonder game. if I'll get the chance to play it one day. Yeah, if I, I buy it, I will let you borrow it when I'm done, brother. Honestly, I'm gonna be so preoccupied with Yakuza, and then. I want to get Alan Wake too, and I didn't realize Yakuza was coming out. I'm so I, once I'm done with Mario and I gotta finish Baldur's Gate. Spider-Man. I'm right at the end. Uh, I I abandoned that. I don't blame you. I, I gave up on shit. that dream long ago, brother. It's I'm gonna so get uh, Metal Gear Collection next. Um, nothing will ever compare to the first time I like you play Snake Eater. I never played it, so this will be the. It first will time blow I your mind. I don't know if it's aged well, but we'll the see. plot is truly like one of a kind. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, speaking of things that are uh, dope and one of a kind, let's jump into this fucking flick that we watched. It's crazy that this movie came out during like... Introduce the film, sir. Oh, my fault, OG. We're doing uh, 310 to Humor, starring Russell Crowe, Chris Bale. Insanely epic leads. Dude, so fucking good. My rating is going to upset you. I gave it a 3.5. I'm not a huge Western guy. Thanks for listening. Um, we're going <laughs> to wrap things up here. This is also retaliation for the Texas Chainsaw episode. You're such a fuck, man. It, realistically, if I could give it like a 3.8 or 9, that's what it would be. But I'm not going to round up out of respect. I have a take. Mm-hmm. This is the best Western. Best modern. This is the, be- this is the best modern Western ever. No, no country. Um, that's different, though. It's a different kind of Western. It's like... There's a difference between... This is going to sound so stupid. There's a difference between a neo-Western and a modern Western. A modern Western to me is a Western that still takes place in the Old West. But it's just a movie that's made in a modern era. A neo-Western is a movie that has Western themes, Western imagery, but it doesn't take place in like post-Civil War Wild West you know what I mean? Yeah, no. Otherwise, yeah, no country for that's old That's not men. even like like a sifting through the minutia type of thing. It's yeah. literally just like, it is what it is. Like, no country for old men is a noir. Yeah, it's a noir neo-western. Uh, and this, this is this is straight up in like, what, the 1800s? Yeah. Or like uh, yeah. Early 1900s? It's uh, late 1800s because um, Dan Evans, the main character, is a Civil War vet. Um, it's crazy that this came out in Christian Bale's like, Prime. I'm just going to say, out of the gate. Okay. Well, my take that I didn't say before. Let it rip. This is one of, if not, if you asked me what my opinion for the most underrated movie ever, this is it. This is my most underrated movie ever made. That's, that's fine. Uh, I mean, I, gave, I, I feel like people don't. They don't talk about this movie. Yeah, they don't, and it's fucking I, it, weird. I f- feel like it was maybe a bomb at the box office when it came out. I don't know. Because Westerns are like, in the 2000s too, like, Westerns weren't really like, bumping, you know? Like, yeah. They they really took a backseat, especially to like, kind of like the dawn of comic book movies really yeah. having a thing. And like, this came out in 2007, know. so like, that's like right around, you This know. is, you know, Dark Knight. Yeah, era shit where like Christian Bale is absolutely decimating everything in his path. He's like the most wanted actor at the time. You have the Prestige a year before. Uh, I don't even know what Russell Crowe was doing at this time. Probably nothing too crazy. Drugs. Yeah. 
Um, uh, and like, I gave this five stars, man. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. This is one of my favorite movies. If I made a top 20 movies, all time, any genre, this is on there. This is one of my favorite Westerns of all time, period. And this is my favorite modern Western. It's the just like, awesome. It's I can't believe you only gave it three and a half stars. That's what I'm saying. It's underrated, bro. People don't talk about it. People on Letterboxd, it has what? Like a 3.7 average? Yeah. It should have well over a four to me. I don't, I, I feel like I'm watching a different movie than everybody else, dude, because I can't believe like, you also have an extreme biasy when it comes to Westerns. Yeah. It's just, yeah, like, I guess that's true. It's a just Western is shit. automatically like, for the most part, you're like, this is, it already, already starts at the baseline. Like this is good. Yeah. And it only takes so much for you to be like, this is awesome. Yeah. That's true. It's just my shit. It, it, you know, people talk about things that are good, but they're not their cup of tea. This is my cup of tea. This right is here. where we differ. Yeah. Because Westerns aren't really something I grew up with or knew. I mean, I've seen this previously. Fair enough. I saw this in theaters. I've seen this. I will say this too. This is a movie that I've seen 20, 25, 30 times. Good Lord. I've this seen is a this long movie, movie so too. many times. It's like two hours. It's pretty standard. <sighs> Directed by our boy, James Mangold. Yeah. Logan is a Western. Logan is a Western. That is the best superhero movie. It's up there. This is probably what... That is the best X-Men movie. This is... Well, yeah. This is what probably sold them on getting him to direct it and make it a Western. We're going to do Logan eventually. Yeah, we are. We should do all the the original X-Men movies by the Brian Singer, <laughs> Mr. Pedophile. I don't know about doing all of them. The first one's incredible. It's dope for the time. We should definitely do First Class, Days of Future Past. You're losing me here. Let's talk about 310 to Yuma. Christian Bale is so good in this movie. So is Ru- Russell Crowe steals the show. Yeah. Christian Bale is very good in it. Obviously, I mean, any movie he's in, even if it's a piece of shit, he is the shining part of it. Yeah. Uh, Russell Crowe is unbelievably good as the villainous gang leader. So he's a villain, but he's like not a villain. He's a reasonable guy. He is a reasonable guy. He's If there was a D&D alignment chart here, he's not like chaotic evil this is a different breed of villain he's this neutral is, he's he's he pretty neutral true neutral dude he, they rob a armored car for the government in the beginning of the movie just to get the money they try not to kill anybody until like you know they fight back and they're like alright you started this so here's the thing I don't, shot in the west I don't see Russell Crowe as the villain in this movie I see his right hand man the blonde guy I I didn't I don't remember the character's name, but it's the guy. It's like the younger blonde guy. He's in Hell or High Water. Also, the same actor. He looks exactly ben like Foster. Yeah, Ben Charles Foster. Foster. Yes, he looks exactly. Also, side note, <coughs> you ever seen Freaks and Geeks? I honestly have never seen it. Okay, you need to go watch Freaks and Geeks. He is in Freaks and Geeks as he plays a, a disabled kid in Freaks and Geeks when he's mad young. Dude, Freaks and Geeks rocks, bro. But that's let's not talk about that now. Um. <laughs> What are you fucking la- cackling about over there? This is a post-episode conversation. All right, here we go. Um, he looks just like uh, Meadle, who played uh, drums in Eco Strike and played bass in Magnitude. Shout out to um, Meadle. Shout out. Don't know him, but shout out. Yeah, he looks just like that guy. Um, he's the the real villain in this movie. Yeah. And, and uh, one thing that I like doing with it, that I like thinking about this movie in terms of like where these guys all sit in terms of like an alignment chart. Like all these different characters, because none of them are really truly good, except for Christian Bale, except for Dan Evans. He and would be he he would have his own specialty chart called cowardly good. Yeah, that's the thing. He's good, but he's yeah. He's also like he's a coward, bro. But you don't. But he know overcome, until the end. Yeah, yeah. You don't really good know twist. that. But he over he kind of overcomes it and redeems himself. You get this epic redemption arc. And so a lot of what this movie is about thematically, it's a movie about like respect, honor, integrity. And that's something that even as a villain, that's something that Ben Wade, Russell Crowe's character values over everything else. Because at no point does he kill any of these guys who are just doing their jobs, who are just, well, who? Which one? He kills a couple of the people in the group. 
that are bringing him to... Right, but here's what I'm saying. He demonstrates that he could at any time pretty much try to break out and like do some sketchy shit, but he doesn't kill any of the guys at which point they're just doing their job. He doesn't kill any of them. He shows them respect until they disrespect him and disrespect his honor. Yep. He The first guy he kills, who's the guy who's like mocking him, singing the song about how he's going to hang, and also is basically like, no, I'm not letting you sleep. That He stabs that fucking guy to death. He stabs him with a fork. With a fork. That's An old school two-prong fork. Dude, the noises that it makes when it's like yeah. sticking his neck and the gurgling sounds, yeah, that's a brutal-ass fucking scene. So cool. Russell um, Crowe is so fucking dementedly good in this movie. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, he doesn't kill the older guy, Byron, until the guy starts talking shit about his mom. Yep. And he even says, he's like, Byron, I always liked you, but you never knew when to shut up. And then he's like, even bad men love their mamas. Like, he doesn't fuck with these guys. He basically is just like, yep, you guys got me. You're taking me to the train. There's uh, a reason why he's willing. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to roll with you guys. I'm going to let the chips fall where they may. Maybe my guys will bust me out. Maybe they won't. But he doesn't really try to make any moves to break himself out. No, the he only- gets caught in the town. And they're like, this is one of my favorite lines in the movie where the lawman is just like, you have 22 counts of robberies. And you've done over $400,000 in damages. And Russell Crowe just goes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just a very neutral. He's just like, he lets the chips fall where they may until he's disrespected and his honor is disrespected by one of these guys and he can't stand for that. And that's like the whole theme of the movie being like Russell Crowe's the bad guy, but he's honorable and he fights for honor and he defends his honor and he holds honor in the highest regard. Christian Bale's a good guy, but he has very little honor. His wife does not respect him. His kids do not respect his him. His son could not respect him any his, less. Yeah, his his... The, the townspeople do not respect him. He's People a pushover. be burning his barns down. Yeah. They be killing his horses. He's a pushover. He's a coward. People fuck with him. They don't respect him. He does this because it's his opportunity for redemption. And even, they talk about it, when they bring uh, Ben Wade, Russell Crowe's character, into dinner at his house, when he's like, kind of being like a slick smartass, and like his, and uh, Christian Bale's son is like laughing at what he's saying, and like, when he's like, flirting with Christian Bale's wife and Christian Bale's wife is like definitely giving him the eyes. You know what I mean? It's like, he's the bad guy. You think in the sequel, he'd come back and be a good stepfather? Not the, not the stepfather, but the, the father, father that, that stepped, stepped up. up. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> the outlaw that stepped up. Um, he's an honorable dude. And at the end, he kills his right hand man because he finally earns. He finally like Christian Bale, is a guy that he comes to respect a lot. Christian Bale's just a guy who's put in all these hard situations. He's just trying to do right by his family. He seems like a coward for all these things. And then you kind of learn more backstory and you understand why he never moved his family off the farm. And you understand why he just takes all this shit. And this is his opportunity for redemption and to earn the honor that he feels like he is missing in his life, earn the respect of his kids, earn Get a respect. couple bucks. Yeah, but at the end, it doesn't even matter about the bucks because his because Russell Crowe is like, yo, I'll pay you off. Yeah, he tells him he'll give him over a thousand dollars just to in, let him go. In the 1870s is like... One million dollars. Yeah, it's like so much fucking money. Dr. Evil. Dr. Mom. Evil type beat. One um, million dollars. But it's just not about that for him. It's about seeing it through, sticking to this code of honor, Redeeming himself and earning the respect of his children, of his wife, even if it means he dies. Respect is not given. It is earned. It is earned. Even if he dies, he's willing to die for it. And Russell Crowe's character comes to respect that so much that he fucking smokes the other guy for killing him at the end. Well, he also disrespects him. He keeps telling him to stop fire. He literally tells him to stop what he's doing and he does not listen. And he tries to take matters into his own hands. Russell Crowe fucking point blank shoots him in the chest. Yeah. One of the hardest deaths I have ever yeah, seen pre- on holding screen. him tight, presses the gun up and shoots him in the chest. There is no coming back from that. He is not going to be in 320 to Yuma. Nope, he will not be in 311 <laughs> to Yuma. Um, I love I love the the whole bit with Russell Crowe's character essentially being like, 
Yeah, I don't care. I've broken out of here before, and I was planning on doing it again. I can do it by myself. Yeah, it's awesome. He literally was just like, you know what? Out of respect for He was you, just playing the game, out of, bro. Out of respect to Evans, he was like, you know what? Take me. He was just I'll letting see the you chips again soon. fall where they may. Yeah. And fucking Evans' son, huge bitch. Yeah. Trying to be like, come on, Dad, we should shoot him. Yeah. Point blank. And yeah. Evans is just like, oh, no, son, that's not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the the uh, Ben Wade's right-hand man, the blonde guy. Ben Foster. Ben Foster, yeah. Charles Prince. Yes. He, Charlie, yes. He is like the true, he's like the chaotic evil guy. He's burning motherfuckers alive. He's just like doing all sorts of bad shit just to do it. I mean, at the end of the movie, when it's looking like uh, Ben Wade and and Dan Evans are going to make it to the train, one of the guys turns to Charlie and he's like, yeah, it looks like you're not going to be using those Schofields. Like, looks like you're not going to get to kill anybody. And he just gets so pissed off at the idea that he's not going to get to kill anybody that he just starts yelling at all the people, all the townsfolk who have started partaking, trying to kill them to get the money. That he just starts shooting them at random. Where yep. He's like, "No, no, don't shoot, don't shoot at the shoot at the rancher, you dumb shits! Not the black hat, not the black hat." And it's like, dude, they know who they're shooting at. And then he's like, all pissed off after he gets told, "Yeah, you're probably not going to get to use those Schofields." He just wants to fucking kill. He doesn't care. I love when he gets ran over by the fucking the bulls. Yeah. Awesome scene. Yeah, it's epic. That's the best thing that Evan's son does. Yeah. I do not respect that kid. No. And he does not respect his father. No, he does absolutely does not respect his father. Christian Bale is very good in this movie, but it's crazy that at this time, I don't know what... I have no idea what Russell Crowe was doing at this time. I mean, I know his career was on a real downslide in the 2000s because uh, he was like a... He was a mess publicly. But his his I you know this movie's weird. It's a weird redemption alongside two different people. You know, you get Ben Wade's redemption at the end of the movie, and you get Russell Crowe kind of redeeming his career. I guess. Yeah. So that's a pretty interesting way to analyze the movie. It's dope. Um, one thing that they do in this movie that I really love. We talked about it when we did the um. Good, the bad, and the ugly episode. Mm-hmm. And clearly this is like, clearly this dude is doing this. This feels like a Sergio Leone Western in a lot of ways. And one of the big ways is he employs the tactic where that Sergio Leone kind of, you know, stylized and used for his spaghetti Westerns, which is that we don't see anything off screen that the characters don't know is happening. Yeah, we have no idea that they're being chased. Yeah, we like... I mean, Russell Crowe... Ben Wade mentions it. He's like, oh, my gang's going to come. They're going to show up. Right, but like a good example is you at the very beginning when they, capture, when they capture Ben Wade, when they're in the bar, Russell Crowe's talking to Ben Wade and he's like, yeah, you know, you can give me, you can pay me, which is another example of Ben Wade just being a neutral, respectful guy. He's like, you know what? You're kind of just a civilian that got wrapped up in this. I'm going to compensate you. Here's the money for your horses that got fucked up. Here's the money for the day of work that you lost, whatever. And then Russell Crowe goes, or uh, Christian Bale says, uh, you can pay me uh, five bucks more. And he's like, what's that for? And he's like, for making me nervous. And then you realize in that moment, you turn around and there's a, the cop, the sheriff with the gun trained on Russell Crowe. And it's like, he was just there talking to him to distract him while the, the cops could sneak in and get the jump on him. And you don't realize that, that, that the sheriff is standing there with the gun on him until the second that Russell Crowe realizes it. And I love that. I feel like that works so well for Western movies where it's like, if there's somebody hiding, it's not like we're shown these characters off screen hiding or, or scheming or plotting if the main character in the scene doesn't know what's happening. We learn what's going on when the characters learn what's going on. And yeah, that's I such a Sergio that. Leone thing that James Mangold does in this movie, and it's awesome. I appreciate that as a film goer. Yeah. It's, there's not some weird like deus ex machina type moment. Yeah. Or the characters are like... Oh, we know the gang is coming. We know that they're right behind us. Or like, no, no, but, but like even more than that, it's not like the character's like, I'm fine. And we as the audience are like, oh shit, we know that this thing's about to happen that he doesn't know. You know yeah. what I mean? We know as much or as little as the character knows. And I, and I like that. It's realistic. Yeah, it's dope. You don't know more than you know. Yeah. You don't know if something's going to happen. It's dope. 
I, um, uh, I really love the scene where the Apache tribe comes through. Yeah. Distract, like kind of sets up an unintentional distraction for Wade to get away. And he ends up in the Chinese labor, labor camp. Yeah. And Luke Wilson recognizes yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He's when, like, this motherfucker Ben Wade. Yeah. Oh my God. Epic Luke Wilson him. cameo. He's dope in this movie for yeah. the 10 minutes he's on screen. Yeah, he's a real bastard. Yeah. He's just like a real scumbag. It's it, The Chinese labor camp part is awesome. Yeah. I think my favorite part of the movie is Evan's breaking Wade out of the camp yeah. to turn him in. And they're like shooting at the guards and stuff. And this is my favorite scene in the movie. They get the dynamite. Dynamite's ready. Throw it at the cave. Shoot the dynamite. Explodes. Yeah. Allows them to get away. That's my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, epic scene. It's such a good transition from like the chaoticness of the Apache tribe coming through. Then, you know, you get a little bit of a break with the labor camp part before Evans and shows up and gets him out. But that that chase sequence is so fucking cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Very well done. Very realistic too. It's it's hard for me to pick a favorite scene in this movie cuz I love so much of it. Um and I know an obvious candidate is the whole uh the whole ending, the whole like last That's my like, action sequence favorite part. But I'm going to tell you what, this might be kind of a curveball. Okay. My favorite scene in the movie is not any of the action parts. My favorite scene in the movie is probably for what a lot of people would consider the slowest part of the movie, the most boring part of the movie, which is Ben Wade and Dan Evans and Dan Evans' son in the hotel room. Oh, right it's before the, the calm climax. before the storm. It does last a, a, a it goes a little long. I can understand why somebody would be like, all right, this part's kind of dragging. It's boring, but you get so much character development and you get so much expansion on the whole idea of like honor and integrity and like respect because that's the whole scene where Ben Wade is kind of trying to reason with Chris with um Dan we we keep interchangeably using the character names and the actor names so who cares yeah, sorry watch but, the movie yeah. you'll get it but uh when when Russell Crowe and Christian Bale are kind of like doing this sort of like tit for tat kind of like philosophical back and forth thing. It's like you really get to, it's so such a good character study of both of those guys. And you get that more in that scene than you do really in any other part of the movie. Yeah. You get to see like Evan's cowardliness and like why he's not respected and why he's been like hiding the secret. Cause I don't, I don't remember if he says that if he knows his family is aware of what happened during the war. Yeah. So the whole thing with they don't. him, he t- they don't know because he, he what, says yeah. he's like try telling your boys that and like and there's the scene earlier on where his youngest son is like, yeah, my father was defending <coughs> our nation's capital in the District of Columbia, blah blah blah, and he's like, yeah, you know, like he never told his kids that because he was too ashamed. So his reason for being disrespectful and being a cowardly type of fella is that he's in the Civil War. He gets his foot shot by one of his own men on accident. Loses his foot. Doesn't even participate in the war. It happens before he even gets onto the battlefield. So he lies to people and tells them, you know, oh, I lost my foot in combat. He's a liar. He is a liar. This is why he takes all the shit that he gets. Maybe he feels guilty about lying. He can't come to, to reconcile and be like, just admit the truth. Yeah. He, it's a pride thing. Yeah. You know, like, how am I supposed to tell people? Yeah. I got shot in the foot by my own, my own ally. Yeah, never saw any action. And then when he finally reveals this at the end of the movie to Russell Crowe, it's when Russell Crowe's on top of him, choking him to death. And these are like his last dying words are to just get this off of his chest. And Russell Crowe realizes that this is this moment for this dude's redemption for him to get some honor back, for him to be able... He's willing... He sees that this fucking guy did all this because he's willing to die to make it right and have a redemption and and earn the respect of his family. And Russell Crowe admires that so much 
that instead of killing this dude and getting away scot-free, he goes, all right, let's go. Take me to that fucking train. Let's go. You got another shot. And doesn't, and lets him, and lets him take him to the fucking train. And it's just like, that's the moment when you really realize you're like, oh, this dude's not the villain. Yeah. He's really not the villain. He's just, he's just a troublemaker. He's just, he's Which neutral. is fine. He's just neutral. He's true neutral. Troublemakers aren't evil. Yeah. Not necessarily. Robbing from the government is not evil. Yeah. It's probably more on the positive side. I mean, yeah, he says it. He's like, he's like. Robin Hood type character. Why, why do you and your son need to die because the railroad lost some money? And especially too, it's like in the Chinese labor camp, you see how the fucking railroad, the, those dudes are fucking scumbags, bro. They're yeah. like being weird and racist and they're like fucking treating these like Chinese immigrant workers like shit. And I like mean, that's also historically. What yeah, happened. yeah, yeah. So like, you know, he sees that too. And you're like, it's like, it's like being like, you it's can, like a modern day equivalent would be like, you know. Yeah, wh- what? I stole money from Amazon. Who cares? Wh- why do you you and your son are really willing to die? But it's not about that. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's just, it's just, God, dude, the, the but way. You can that, reason with it and be like, yeah, everything he's saying makes sense. Like, who cares if the government's losing money because of the railroad? Yeah. They'll, they'll get more. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. And even, even when he does rob the, the coach, you know, they tell the, the dude who's like, Holding one of their guys hostage at gunpoint, like just let him go. You don't have to die for this. Yeah, they were probably gonna let him get away. Yeah, he chose not to. He chose to try to fight his battle with the best shot in the West. Yep, which is Russell Crowe as Ben Wade. It's dope. I love that his son too. Uh, Evan's son knows that like of the legend of Ben Wade and yeah. how he is one of the best shots in the West. Yeah, and he's, how like he's an like an infamous outlaw. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> He's, you know, like, he, I I don't really understand why the son is so gung-ho on being like, we should kill him, Pa. Well, because he's like... I don't really understand he that. He feels like his dad is a coward who's just, like, letting the bank just kind of, like, fuck their family over and push them around. And he wants his dad to, like, be a badass and, like, step up and, like fight back and do something about it instead of just being like, no, we need to go to the sheriff and do this the right way, like whatever. Because he knows that nothing's going to come of it. So he wants his dad to fucking like step up and like fight for his family. You know what I mean? Have some honor. But yeah, that, that makes sense. I didn't really think about that yeah. in this watch. He just thinks his dad is just a coward, bro. Yeah, he is a pussy. Yeah, he's a huge pussy. Until he isn't. Until he isn't. The, the redemption for Evan's... Slash Christian Bale is awesome. It's so when good. he's he literally dies with a smile on his face. Yeah, when he gets fucking decimated. Yeah, when he gets fucking he gets him on the train, and he's like, "You did it! You got me on the train!" And then he gets shot, and then he keeps getting shot. He keeps getting shot, and then at the end, his son runs up, and he, Christian Bale's there. He's like bleeding out, and he's like, "You did it, Dad! You done it! You done it, Pa! You seen it through." And Christian Bale gets to die with a smile on his face because he knows he saw this thing through to the end. He wasn't scared into backing down. He wasn't paid off into backing down. He did everything that he had to do. He fought against these crazy insurmountable odds and his son saw him do it. He finally earned the respect of his son and his son is going to go back and he's going to tell his brother and his mom and the townspeople who now they're all, his family's now set for life financially because the bank is like, yeah, you do this, you see this through, we'll set your family up. You're good to go. He saw it through. He saw it through. He did what he had to do. He had his redemption. He earned it. I love... My God. I love uh, William, who is the son, holding Wade at gunpoint at the very end before he steps on the train. You know, you think he might shoot him. Yeah. And he just lets him get on the train. Well, yeah, because he... He walks right on. Yeah. I love the... I don't think it was... A joke, but it made me laugh when they get into like the train station, and he asks the teller like, "Where's the three oh, yeah, to Yuma?" And he's it's like, l- "I don't know. It's late. We're on a little late today." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but so, what's your problem, man? Why the hell did you give this three and a half stars? Pacing's a little wonky. No, it's not. To me, it was. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I think the beginning it takes a little bit to. It takes what about do you 40 mean, sir. The opening scene is the fucking dudes running up and molotoving their fucking barn and rousing him from his sleep. Yeah, and then it gets a little slow from there. Yeah, we got to set up the story, brother. 
That's fine. It could be expedited. I disagree. But it's not. Also, Westerns aren't entirely my thing. Yeah, fair enough. So, like, it doesn't lose points for that, but I'm not as, like, gung-ho as to be, like, this is one of the best Westerns because, you know, I don't really have a barometer for that. I do like it a lot. I think the movie's awesome. Realistically, it probably is closer to a four than a three and a half, which I think is fair. Yeah. But I don't know why. Three and a half just felt right. Uh, the acting is very good. I, I mean, it's mostly Christian Bale and Russell Crowe playing off of each other. Yeah. And the dynamic between the two of them is awesome. Yeah, that's what you need. They start like where Christian Bale fucking despises Russell Crowe. And by the end, they have this mutual understanding. And a lot of it, too, when you watch their kind of respect for each other grow, is like, Christian Bale, he doesn't hate Russell Crowe because Russell Crowe's a quote-unquote bad guy. He doesn't hate Russell Crowe because Russell Crowe's a criminal. He hates Russell Crowe because he's jealous. He sees the way that his children and his wife and the people around him have more respect for this guy who's supposed to be a bad guy than they do for him, who's making hard choices and doing the right thing in his own mind. And it comes back to, there's a line in the movie where where um, the old guy, uh, forget his name, um, the old guy who insults Russell Crowe's mom, he says, you know, like, oh, you killed women and children and did all this and like whatever. And he's just like, and Christian Bale's, or uh, Russell Crowe's like, you have killed women and children. I've seen you do it. And he's like, well, I never killed anybody that didn't deserve it. And he says this Bible quote that basically is just like, you know, I forget exactly what it is, but paraphrase, it's like, every man's way is right in in his own eyes or whatever. And that's like, Christian Bale thinks he's doing the right thing. And he's like convincing himself he's doing the right thing by like kind of taking the cowardly approach. But he knows he's not. And he really hates, he hates Russell Crowe because Russell Crowe is everything that he's not. It has nothing to do with him being a bad guy. He just looks at Russell Crowe and he's like, damn, bro, this is a dude who like, he has a code of honor. He sticks to it. Even says that with his gang. He's like, you know, we got but a few rules in this outfit and we stick to them. You know, he watches the way Russell Crowe doesn't run around unnecessarily killing people. He, even as a criminal, as an outlaw, as a robber, he goes out of his way to make things right financially with Christian Bale. He doesn't just mercilessly kill for no reason. Um... Christian Bale definitely looks at him and sees him and is like, fuck this guy, I hate this guy because I'm so jealous that everybody respects this guy and he's an honorable man even though he's quote-unquote a criminal and I'm quote-unquote a good family man, you know? And then at the end, he earns Christian Bale's respect or he earns Russell Crowe's respect and Russell Crowe earns it. They earn each other's respect. Yeah. And that's dope. They see eye to eye finally. Yeah. Uh... One thing that I wish was handled a little bit better is Charlie Price, Ben Foster. He, uh, his character motivations like make sense, but I wish there was like a little bit more before he decides to go like guns blazing more. Like maybe like a little bit more character motivation other than just like, oh, we need to get Wade back. He's in charge. Like it could have been the cool development if he was like at the end of the movie, like, you know, you've been gone for so long and I've been leading the crew. I think I should be the leader and take you out. I think that could have been a cool twist. Yeah. But what we got is... What the fuck? Some strange noises in the walls. Uh, what we got is cool. I just wish there was like... His character is very one note and maybe that's another reason why I gave it a three and a half is because I feel like he's a bit one note. I think he could have used a little bit more. Yeah. I think there could have been, you know, just more turns with his character development. The Charlie character, you're saying? Yeah. I guess, but I also feel like he's like a Joker-type character. Some men just want to watch the world he, burn. He's a some men just want to watch the world burn type guy. And I think that he, him being that way serves its purpose in that he's all the way here on one end of the spectrum. And Christian Bale's all the way on the other end of the spectrum. And Russell Crowe's somewhere in the middle. I feel like if there is no Charlie character just being like a twirly mustache fucking like I just want to be evil and do bad shit villain, that serves, that's like an anchor for how we see Russell Crowe's character as not being that. 
That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Didn't really think about that, but I'm still sticking by my... I kind of wish there was more motivation to his evilness. Yeah. Or his, like, uh, just, like, I don't know, blatant disrespect for everything and everyone. Well, you, 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 you do kind of see his motivation in being that he just wants to impress and, like... He, he kind of is just dick-riding Russell Crowe. And I think that... Damn, the dick-eating is It crazy. is. He's just dick-eating Russell Crowe. Everything he does, he's like, yeah, boss, like, we're here for you. Yeah, like, we're gonna we're gonna break you out, boss. Like, look, look, boss, we're doing... Like, and when Ru- when they finish the job at the beginning, and he's like, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna take... Russell Crowe's like, I'm gonna take my money and go to Mexico, like, whatever. Instead of fucking Charlie being like, yeah, I'm gonna take my money and go do this thing, he's like, well, I'll be waiting nearby. He's literally the guy in fucking Happy Gilmore. You ever seen Happy Gilmore? Of course. You know the guy who's like, you want to go to Red Lobster Shooter? <laughs> you know, he's he's literally that guy. Like, he just wants to impress Ben Wade because Ben Wade is this, this villain who's world known. He's known all throughout the West as being this like the most badass outlawer. But he really misunderstands him fundamentally. That's the problem. He thinks that He's going to impress Ben Wade by being all evil, twirly mustache, like killing like a motherfucker and doing all this crazy shit. And Ben Wade ends up respecting Christian Bale more than he respects the Charlie character. And that's why at the end he fucking kills him for killing Christian Bale. You think there's an alternate ending where Christian Bale joins the gang? No. That'd be pretty funny. No. Be pretty. uh, There's no need for an alternate ending because the ending is perfect, brother. The ending is very good. The ending is... The last 30 minutes of the movie are the the shining parts of the movie. It's so, and the, like, the, it ends on such a such a good note with him whistling for his horse to come. You know, the indication that he will break out again. Yeah, yeah. And he will succeed. And he will keep doing this as long as he is alive. Which is why he's like willing to go. And it's crazy that like, uh, you know, maybe that's Ben Foster's hubris. That he, he wants to impress... Wade's so bad. But he's going about it the wrong way. Yeah. Where, like, they could just wait until he's, you know, locked up before getting him out. Yeah. Or, you know, Wade can just hop off the train with his horse. Go about his day. Yeah. At the end of the go day. Go back to Red Lobster. Go back to go back to <laughs> little little town south of the border and just spend his money and just chill. It would be awesome if the south of the border was in this movie. The, the truck stop? Yeah. My word. <laughs> Sponsorship? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, bro. To me, this is a masterpiece. This is a flawless movie. This is this is literally goaded. I respect that. I have no... There's not a fucking thing that I would change about this movie. Fair. Fair. I think it's a great movie. I think saw it in theaters. Loved it the first time I saw it. Loved it. You know, and I was 16 when this movie came out. 15 or 16. Uh, Did they do a 15 year... Probably 15, actually. What? Did they do a 15 year... Like, showing of this? I don't know. I wish. Eh, I mean, 20 years is coming up in a few years. Hopefully they do. In three years. But I feel like they won't because this movie doesn't get the respect that it deserves. It's underrated. But... It came out at a bad time. Yeah. No, I know. It is what it is, but... Especially with Christian Bale, like... You'd think because the man was on fire that it would have gotten more traction. But, like... Again, dawn of the comic book movies... uh, Action movies were becoming a lot different. You know, the late 2000s was when I think movies were starting to get, like, vastly interesting. The early to mid-2000s is pretty grim when you actually sit back and look at what came out. Like, that movie Crash was nominated for an Oscar. That shit sucked. That movie is racist as hell. I've never seen it. The whole movie is made by the standpoint of some guy that's just like, See, all stereotypes that you hear are true. God. And uh, it's not good. And I got nominated for an Oscar. And that's crazy. Yeah, that is that is absurd. And like when you look at what else was coming out at that point in time, like what other Westerns were coming out besides No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood? And that's probably another reason why this movie failed is because of There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men being, you know, what they are. Yeah. Some of the best movies ever made great movies that get talked about a lot yeah and like when you then you have 310 to Yuma which is just like you know it's just a straight up western movie yeah it's just a straight up cowboys type movie yeah and there's nothing wrong with that it's still a great movie but then you compare it to There Will Be Blood which is telling a like that's a character study yeah 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 that's like 
it's a character study that is also disguised as an incredible movie. Yeah. Same with No Country for Old Men. That's a character study of Anton Chagrin. Yeah. Disguised as a noir western. Yeah. But with 310 to Yuma, you're just getting... It, like, this movie is for fans of westerns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This That's isn't fair. for, like... This isn't for, like, you know, like, Oscar-winning performances. Not that that shit matters at the end. Yeah. Because a movie can still be a classic without having... Sure, like, yeah. ...any type of, like, This is not for response. people who like La La Land. This is for people who like dope, badass, cool <laughs> shit. This is not for people that Not think, whack, uh, stupid bullshit. <laughs> Anyways, that being said... <laughs> Yeah, all the land me, goes hard. To, all right, enough. To me, this is a flawless movie. Uh, there's not a thing I would change about it. Loved it back then. Like I said, I was 15, seeing it in theaters. Was blown away by it, even though I feel like I didn't really grasp all the nuances of, of all the character relationships, which is really what's at the heart of this movie. Um, as I've gotten older, I've rewatched this movie over and over and over and over again. And just, I appreciate it more and more every single time. Um, Getting older, you realize like, how different movie experiences are from seeing this as a child. See, like, if I saw this when it came out when I was, like, I don't even fucking know, like, 14, 15, I probably would have been like, this is incredible. Yeah. First time I saw this, I was 26 or 27. Yeah. Not really a Western guy then. Less of, Way less of a Western guy. I have come around. Yeah. And I know, I know some things. I'm going to tell you what. Tell me what. We got to watch... Tombstone. We gotta watch Tombstone. But the two movies, the two westerns I think that are gonna make you come around. I'm surprised you didn't like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly more than you did. I give that a five. Oh, you did? Oh, I forgot. I, well, I like the movie. I mean, that's the greatest western of all time. And in my, that's the best movie ever made to me. Here's but the deal. I will not be rewatching it for a very long time due to the length. I watch it all. I watch it on the reg. I think it is a five star. Not because I think the movie is like... I mean, it is a masterpiece, I guess, for Westerns and shit like that, which I, again, am not a huge Western guy. Yeah. But you can see the trickle down of influence in so yeah, many things. Yeah, for sure. So Tarantino and like all this other stuff. Yeah, big time. I mean, think about it too. Like without the good, the bad, and the ugly, you don't get There Will Be Blood. Yeah. You don't get No Country for Old Men. You yeah. don't get 310 to Yuma. You don't get any Quentin Tarantino movies. You don't get a lot of samurai movies. Yeah. You don't get a lot of revenge movies. I'll tell you what. That's why I gave it a five. Out of pure like respect. Fair enough. You we need to get you we need to have you watch Duck You Sucker, and we need to have you watch Once Upon a Time in the West. What about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? That's also kind of kind of a western. I mean that's a that's a Sergio Leone movie. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Oh no, once sorry, I'm thinking of, he um he did another Once Upon a Time. What's the other Sergio Leone Once Upon a Time movie? Um Once Upon a Time in the Alamo? No, no, hold on. Once Upon a Time in Oklahoma. Yes. Once Upon a Time in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. That was us <laughs> last night. We were Once Upon a Time in... Uh, once Upon a Time in Poland. Uh, it is Once Upon a Time in America. Is what it is. I'm not kidding. That's fine. It's uh, Once Upon a Time in America. It's the movie... It's like a fucking... Uh, dude, why can't I fucking find... Yeah, it's... That uh, Italian was cooking. It's like a mobster. It's a mobster movie. It's got fucking. It's got Robert De Niro in it. Say less. It's got Joe Pesci in it. Say less. Um, it's got a runtime. It's got fucking. Uh, it's got James Woods in it. All right, he's a weird bastard, but it, it's it's also got a runtime of two hundred and thirty minutes. That's an episode. I, I gotta watch that in thirty minute intervals. Yeah, I've I've never seen it, but it has a four point two on Letterboxd. People See? love it. It is, I love Sergio Leone. He's my favorite director just based on his westerns. I've never seen that just because it's a non-western made by him. That's another issue I have is like a lot of westerns are so fucking long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get it. It just is what it is. It's I'm the a, vibes, brother. I'm a straight like give me 90 to 120 minutes. That's all I need. When a movie is nearly three hours long, it definitely feels bad yeah. inside. I but can't, this movie, but 310 to Yuma is only two hours long. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, it's a modernized that's, Western. That's a sweet spot. Streamlined. It's a miracle that I love Killers of the Flower Moon as much as I did due yeah. to the length. That being said, Duck You Sucker and Once Upon a Time in the West, both are long movies, but I think you would like them. We gotta watch them. We'll get around to it next year. We will. Um, next week is my fucking pick. What do we got next week? 
Blue Ruin. Oh, yeah, okay. I am so psyched. I haven't seen it in a, a little bit. This is one of the coolest modern revenge movies. I never even heard of this damn shit. So it's not a horror movie. It better not be. It is not a horror movie. It is a straight-up revenge movie. Uh, very mm-hmm. underrated-ass flick. People that have seen this movie are big fans, myself included. I will definitely be diving into that next week. Has a very, like, you know, small-scale cast. Uh, the director did Green Room 2, which is also a very good movie, but I think Blue Ruin is much better than Green Room. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at the ratings on Letterboxd, too, it's pretty high. Yeah. So you'll have a... I think you'll enjoy it. It's a quick 90-minute watch. Yeah, that's that's nice. I'm going to go home and watch it tonight. I might watch it tonight, too. We'll it's awesome. See. Maybe. Very excited about that one. I'm um, excited that you haven't seen it because yeah. be, there's a lot to talk about with that one. Yeah. Um, end of the year is coming up soon. We have already, uh, on another podcast, revealed what our... Uh, I think we did it on the Shutter Island episode, too. Did we reveal what yeah. the whole rest of the year has gotten for us? Yeah. Um, well, you'll hear it a couple times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, check it out. Um, keep keep on listening. Uh, thanks for listening. Any last thoughts on 310 to Yuma? Great movie. Definitely worth a watch, even if you don't like westerns. Fuck yeah. For me, amazing movie. One of my favorites. Five stars. Perfect. Um, underrated flick. Um, if you do like westerns, I'm sure you've already seen it a million times. Maybe uh, watch it again um, and uh, think about all the character relations that we talked about. Because I feel like, I mean, we didn't even talk about this, this, the, 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 like, the sets. They're awesome. Oh, the set design the action, is incredible. The action is fucking awesome. All of the fucking gunfights are fucking badass. The action is the most modern part of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels yeah. like uh, some like born identity type of shit. Yeah, you know? like it's and dope. that's cool because that's how people were actually fighting. They were there wasn't like just a bunch of standing around and firing. Yeah, you were you were D- running, ducking, and yeah, running You're gun smoking type shit. people. Yeah, but all of that is it's like obviously it's great, but what is beneath the surface with all the character relations, the character growth, the arcs, the the redemption for Christian Bale. That, that to me... It elevates it. Is what elevates this from just like a great Western movie to like one of the greatest Western movies. Definitely a great modern take. I mean, we say modern, but this is almost 20 years old. Yeah. But even still, it's still... It's post-2000. Yeah, it's still a great... It's a modern movie. James Mangold must really like Westerns. Me too. <laughs> me too, brother. I think... He's just like me Do you think this is real. better than Logan? He likes X-Men and Westerns. He's just <laughs> like me for real, bro. Do you think this is better than Logan? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I love Logan. Personally, I yeah. think Logan's better, but that's fine. You're an idiot. No, I'm not. So am I. We're both idiots. I'm a fucking genius. I have a bachelor's degree. That doesn't... All right. Well... I got a bachelor's degree. I got a car. I got All right, 37K so thank you guys, and student thank you guys loans. For, uh, for listening. Um, any Follow. Last, any last subscribe. Words? Send us an email. Dudes doing movies at Gmail. Tell us what movies you want us to see. We've had a couple of requests for stuff that we will be covering next year. Yep. So if you think of anything that we haven't touched on and you're like, oh, the dude should do Macbeth. We'll do Macbeth. We won't do Macbeth. We'll do Macbeth. I hate Shakespeare. Shake a spear. Shake a spear. <laughs> if right. you want us to do Scary Movie 1, 2, and 3, nope. we will do that. No, if you want won't. us to do Step Brothers, no, stop we'll putting, do that. Stop. Don't encourage this. If you want us to do Anchorman, demented we'll do that. Fuck. If you want us to do 50 First Dates, we'll Here's do that. Thing. A lot of comedy movies, We I, I've said this before, all joking aside. We're gonna if we do comedy movies, it's like so much of it. It's just gonna be an hour of us being like, "Oh, you know what part was funny when this guy said this?" And then we it is funny. Yes, I know, but I don't want to. <laughs> do- God, dude. All right, we'll do we'll do comedies. We'll get there because there's elevated comedies where it's not solely focused on the bit. Yeah, we're gonna do Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, which is a comedy, but also much more than that. Yeah, it's got PSH in it. What Phillips? Seymour. Huh.
Hoffman. All right. He's all right. a goat. I, you see him on screen? We're you just, know this we're movie's just, cooking. We're just off on a tangent now. Let's wrap this shit up. Let's rein it back in. 310 to Yuma. Go watch it. It's on Amazon Prime for two. $1.99. Yeah, it was dirt cheap. If you... Here's the thing. If you want to watch this movie really bad and you don't have $1.99, reach out to Tyler Brezza and he will send you $1.99 so that you can... Everybody who wants to watch this movie... Reach out to Brezza. Brezza will send you a dollar ninety nine. You can watch the movie. He's fun. He's paying out of pocket for everybody to see this movie. Thank you, Brezza. Thank you so much. He's gonna come on the pod eventually. He's pissed off at us. He he's got not pissed really, off at me. No, he's more pissed off at you than he is at me because oh, he got mad that you joke? said the sallow joke. Yeah. All right. Well, he told me his mom showed him sallow when he was four. So all right, that's what it is. All right. Thanks for listening. Um, we're still working on DDM Live. That's in the cards. Shirt um, is coming very the shirt soon. Shirt is coming. The design is done. Um, I'm sure we'll sell uh, threes of those. We're only doing <laughs> only doing four XL and up. So yep. <laughs> Shout out to the big boys. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Thanks again. Peace. Peace.